Hello, hello. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I wish I was in the same time zone as you right now. I'm not going to lie. Me too. Yeah, big sad. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so listen. This story, right? I started researching it before I knew what it was. Um, it's not the most fun. Okay. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, um, you know, here we are. Yeah, got you on the phone. You can't leave. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. So yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it. I'm Sonia. I'm Maddie. And welcome to Grim. I feel like it's been a while since I've covered like kind of a brutal one mm. i feel like I've, I've been keeping it pretty pretty chill for the past few weeks um unfortunately this one is not the most fun it's not it's not the greatest story um but you know what i always say you know if i have to read it then you have to listen to it yeah so <laughs> we're in this together you can't leave <laughs> this is i i actually really picked it because i thought the name was cool um the story is is known as the Atlas Murders or the Atlas Vampire. Oh. And that's how it's kind of referred to in in these like legends and stuff like that. So I was like, well, that's so fun. Like, you know, like the book The Atlas Six. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's kind of cool. I like yeah. Greek mythology. I like sounds like fun. It was not fun. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> uh, the Atlas Vampire was this unknown assailant who committed the unsolved vampire murder in Stockholm, Sweden. Mm. Um, and so the story is kind of kind of centered around vampires. Um, I feel like there, there are a few different things that come to mind when we talk about vampires, um, you know, like from fiction and from, from movies and books and stuff like that. Um, I think, you know, you, you have the portrayal of, like, Dracula, but then, like, mm-hmm. Edward Cullen. <laughs> They're very <laughs> different. Um, but the thing about vampires that... I kind of forget about when I think about vampires is that there's this very real human history of like vampire cults mm. where people drink blood and it's like a thing it's like a thing that that happens um yeah and I think it's actually like a clinical diagnosis um people who have Renfield syndrome have this obsession with with blood and drinking blood mm. um and if I understand correctly I'm not sure about like the biology behind it, but I think it's related to other, you know, psychi- psych- like psychiatric, psychological disorders, um, like things like schizophrenia. Um, so it's definitely like a very much like, like a real thing that people suffer from. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people think that this kind of disorder is what was behind, you know, the motive of the murder of Lily Lindstrom, and. You know, this the story did take place a, a very long time ago, almost a hundred years ago. So, um, it's been you know going through those the historical like changes that inevitably happen when you have a story from that long ago, um, and the legends that come out of it kind of say that oh, it proves that there are real vampires, but most people have this general consensus that it was just the work of a killer. Um, okay. So yeah, take what you will from that. I 
I took it as more of a true crime thing because I feel like this is a real story. Yeah. <laughs> Not like the work of vampires, but um, the story centers around Lily Lindstrom, who was born on August 29th, 1900. And she wasn't from Stockholm. She was from a town a bit away. Um, but when she was around 22, she moved to Stockholm after she was married and divorced. And I think she just kind of wanted a, like a fresh slate. So she moved to a new city. Um, and that's when she started working as a prostitute. It kind of got a little bit rough um, in, in 1931. Um, she started like formally escorting. And I think it's, it kind of correlates to like the Great Depression era where like times just got really bad and you know you did what you had to do to survive um but she thought she was being really smart about it I think you know you have this like I don't know if you have it but from like shows like Criminal Minds and stuff like that I have this like mental image of you know like people on the streets and like they have like their corners and stuff like that and that's where the BAU goes to find like if there's a body, that's where they go to. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of did the opposite. She had a telephone. And I think it was actually quite rare to have a telephone in the day. I think there was one article that said that she was, like, the only person in her building who had a telephone. Wow. Um, but, she, yeah, she didn't go out in the streets. She had people call her to, like, ask for, like, her services. Okay. Um, and I think the thought behind it was that, you know, it, it would be safer to have people come to her place. Um, so then, you know, like, she wouldn't just be on the street, like, vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, like, this is the 1930s. You can't have, like, background checks happen as, as quickly as you can now. So it, it worked for a bit, I think. It, it made her feel safer, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, but she was also quite popular. She was a very popular prostitute. Um, the police knew her, and she had enough clients that, you know, she made enough money to buy things like, like having a radio and, and new clothes. Obviously, she had her telephone. Um, and she had quite a few friends. Um, one of her close friends was named Minnie, um, Minnie Jansen. And both of them did quite well for themselves. You know, they had... And especially, like, in the 1930s when times are really tough, they were able to, you know, take a break and, like, go do fun things. Um, they had, like, time off. They didn't, ha- like, they didn't think they needed to be constantly working all the time. They were able to kind of t- take some time. Um, so they, um, her and Minnie were making these plans to attend celebrations that were coming up. Um there's like a festival. I don't actually know how to pronounce it, but it's it's in the links. Um, I feel like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put your names. Um, but they made these plans to attend the celebration that was coming up, um, which I feel like is quite a fun thing to do. I mean, like, yeah. good for her, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think they were they were quite excited about this. Um, like going out or whatever so they made plans for april 30th and apparently on that day she was with minnie and she got this phone call like this really weird phone call um one of like her clients asking for a liaison basically and minnie i think later described the voice as sounding well behaved like a quote-unquote nice and sober gentleman um 
and he apparently asked, you know, if he could come by, if she was available. And Lily said, you know, he could, he could come by, asked how far away he was. And he said something along the lines of like, no, I'm not far away. I'm, I'm close. I'm coming soon. Um, so they changed their plans a little bit. I think Lily decided that she was going to bring this client over before the celebration. And so they, they were back at Lily's apartment. Minnie had apparently gone to the store around seven, returned at that time to get some milk and found Lily and the client in her apartment. And so Minnie left and came back at around 9 p.m., knocked on her door and basically said, you know, like, do you, do you still want to go to the celebration? Do you still, are you still up for going out? Mm-hmm. And there was no answer. Um, but this didn't really worry Minnie at all. Um, I think she kind of just figured, you know, her friend is with this client. They must have gone out to the celebration together or something like that. So she was fine with it, left one on her own. Um, But that's when things started to not go as well. It was kind of the last time that anyone had really heard from Lily. Um, And then a few days later, on May 4th, that was... That was when Minnie finally said, you know, like, enough is enough. Um, I haven't heard from my friend. I need to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So um, it had been three days since, in fact, despite her calling multiple times and going to her house. And apparently a few of her other friends had also failed to get in touch with her, like the building landlord um, and another friend called Emma planned to see her on May 2nd, but, like, Lily didn't show. So May 4th was when Minnie decided to call the police. Okay. And the police showed up at um, at her house. Um, Officer Nordstrom of the Stockholm Police was the first on the scene. And they tried the same, the same thing, like the calling and the, the knocking on the door. But there was no answer. So he called the fire department to basically force an entry. And when they got into her flat, what they found was was pretty shocking. Um, they found Lily's clothes, then they were neatly folded on a chair next to her naked body. And she was lying face down on an ottoman with three sofa cushions stacked on top of her. And they said that it was a really weird situation because she had very likely died a few days earlier due to... Three blows to the head. Massive head trauma. It was probably, like, instant, I think. Um, which, like, the only the only good thing is that, like, she would have not felt that much pain. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, you know, she had these... She, she was murdered. She was hit in the head. And aside from that, her apartment was, like, basically, like, spotless. Very neat, very tidy. Um, the police district doctor said that he believed the murder weapon was a crowbar or like a pipe or some other heavy metal object and that Lily had been attacked from behind. Um, and they also did say that she had very likely been assaulted. Um, they found a blood-soaked tea towel in the sink, but they also didn't find anything taken from her apartment. So the killer had brought the weapon with him and took it when he left, which indicates, like, this was a premeditated murder. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
the weird part was that like there was no blood on the scene basically oh. yeah it was weird yeah and initially when they had like heard about this case and they they heard that you know lily had been murdered um they basically were like oh of course it's a it's a clear case it's a prostitute murdered by a client but when they examined her body they noticed that there was a lot of saliva on her neck and that she seemed to be exsanguinated even though like her apartment was was like incredibly clean like there was no blood on the scene what's exsanguinated sorry (laughs) it's like a question it's like um like the blood is drained out of the body oh okay okay so she has like no blood left in her body yeah there was like very little blood left in her body okay um and along with that there was there were no noticeable puncture wounds to the body so they found saliva on her but they didn't find like a puncture wound yeah you know and like the it is it's a very like puzzling situation i think because like how how did the blood get out of her body yeah um i mean we did know that she did like there was blood on the scene because there was a tea towel in the sink but i don't think a tea towel could soak up as much blood as a human yeah. has in their body yeah so it was really weird um this is kind of where some legends deviate i think it's probably a case of you know people twisting the story a little bit but some stories say that there was this gravy ladle that was found on the scene that was stained um and apparently used to drink her blood but mm. a lot of the other articles said that like that wasn't found on the scene it kind of appeared later okay. in evidence so it, it, that's that was weird i don't really know what's going on there yeah um, but other than that there there are no witnesses who saw anyone enter the apartment you know, after this time, and no one reported hearing or seeing signs of a struggle. Um, the big clue that they had was that Minnie had heard this phone call between her and and a client. Um, so I think the initial thought was, you know, that this killer was the man that Minnie heard on the phone. But um, apparently, like, you know, there were other people coming in and out of the building. Um, so it wasn't written down as fact that, like, this was the killer. The man on the phone was the killer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is in the 1900s. Like, I doubt it was a cell phone. It was probably, like, a payphone or something. Yeah. So, again, like, there's no way to, to trace that call or anything like that. And all of her clients would call her. Mm-hmm. So it was... It, it's murky is the thing. Like, there was no definitive evidence here. There's no CCTV footage. There's There's nothing like that. It's just based on what Minnie heard. What year was this again? This was 1932. Did they, like, by chance collect any of the saliva or no? No, they didn't. They did not. Because, (laughs) yeah, it would have been helpful if they did, but I don't think anyone in the 1930s were like, oh, this saliva would come in handy in the future. Yeah, and I guess by the time it was handy, like, the person would probably already be dead anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... There was nothing there. Um, there was a suspect. They did initially have a suspect. It was a man who was spotted at a cafe um, at 9 p.m. where a waitress noticed that this man had a porcelain container that she thought belonged to Lily, and that man ordered two steak dinners and left. Okay. 
but I don't think he was ever, you know, like found. Because again, this is like an eyewitness account at 9 p.m. Yeah. Could be anyone. There's no cameras. There's no yeah. no definitive footage. It wasn't like he was recognized. The waitress just said, oh, there was a man who mm. was carrying a container. Yeah. The other very interesting thing is that the morning after the murder, the like when they, they believe that she was murdered, is the apartment next door was broken into. Um, a woman woke up at around 5 a.m. to a young man trying to break into a locked storage closet. And she was able to run down the stairs and call for the police, but by the time the police got there, the thief was long gone. Um, The incident was recorded, and after they found her body, they did look at the two incidents together, but I think it was basically determined that it was a coincidence that it just happened to be at the same time around around when the murder took place. Um, But I don't think that this thief was ever caught either. I think he was just gone. Then this is where the ladle comes in. It was said in multiple reports that six weeks after the murder, the ladle was found outside the apartment building and people thought that the stains were blood. But again, this is six weeks after the murder. Yeah, that's... (laughs) And it was stained with something. Yeah. So... People, I think people are just grasping at straws. They're connecting things that I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like, from the information that I've gotten from what I've read, like six weeks later, it was never proven that it was stained with blood either. Yeah, that's quite a long time yeah. <laughs> for evidence to just appear. Exactly, exactly. And and people did say, you know, like um, it, it must have been used to drink her blood because it was a ladle and whatever. Yeah. But um. It could definitely, it definitely could not have been the murder weapon. It was too light. Mm. Um, yeah, and I guess there was like, you know, like the amount of blood on the tea towel led the police to believe that the killer had like drunk her blood there using the ladle and carried the rest of her blood away. But somehow this isn't making sense in my brain that. Like, using a ladle sounds really messy. Yeah. Especially, and like, a, still just, like, how is the blood getting out of her body? Exactly. You know, like, and then you'd have to ladle it after. I don't know. It just seems yeah. not, like, the best plan. <laughs> exactly. It feels like there would be more blood on the scene. Yeah. If a ladle was used. Yeah. But that's really weird. Um, but... Basically, that's when they started calling the killer the Atlas Vampire, um, because of the area that it was, and that the thought was that he drank her blood. Okay. Um, and the other reason that this was really popular, that people, you know, had their minds on vampirism, is because it, this incident happened basically on the heels of another killer in Germany who had a very similar MO where he attempted to drink the blood of his victims. Oh. So I think that that incident was probably in the news, and then... Yeah this was kind of spurred on by those like the public was so eager to read about these types of crimes that they just kind of like made things happen um yeah I don't know (laughs) anyway um I think the police were desperate to have a suspect at this point because so much has happened Mm -hmm. um so they ended up arresting this pimp after his wife told the police that she saw him covered in blood 
not good. <laughs> not, not a good, good. look. <laughs> no. Um, he was held for 10 days, but he had an alibi, and so it took them the 10 days to corroborate this alibi. His business part- partner corroborated this alibi, but the police this- did say that it was it was shaky at best. Is this an alibi for where he was the night she was murdered, or for why he yeah. was covered in blood? Because even if I he guess didn't murder both. her, she like we still should know why. <laughs> I could not tell you. I also this feels like like it, it feels like a separate incident. Like it feels like this shouldn't have been related. You know? Yeah. It definitely feels like a crime occurred, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would you would think, <laughs> um, but I think he was let go. I think, I think it was like, oh, you weren't part of this murder, so you're just casually covered in blood. You're totally good. Oh yeah, easy carry carry core. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, but yeah, at this point, they were basically stuck. You know, there was nothing to go on. There was nothing stolen. There was nothing left behind, and and there were fingerprints in the area. But this is her apartment where she brought people. So, like, even though there are fingerprints, you know, like, what are they going to do with that? There are so many fingerprints. Yeah. So there was nothing identifiable. Again, like you said, you know, they could have had the samples of DNA, but no one thought of it at the time. Yeah. Um, The only thing that they could basically hope for was that the killer would turn himself in. Um, But, you know, based based on the M.O., it's probably not his first murder. Yeah. You know? Like, I I think if it was someone's first murder, it would be messy. That's true. But this didn't seem like that. So the only thing that they thought to do at this point was to wait until it happened again. Hmm. Um, But, you know, days turned to weeks, and then that turned to months, and then years, and, and the Atlas vampire never struck again, apparently. Um, I think personally a very personal theory is that this is the 1900s, the early 1900s and how good was the communication between police departments what if he just moved yeah yeah um, but theories have you know cropped up since since the murders as, as they do when you have an unsolved murder like this and um, the first thought was that there would have only like, this isn't, a, like, a thing that most people would know how to do is, you know, drain a body of blood and then transport the blood to other places. Mm-hmm. So there must have been a very few men in the city who knew how to do that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is that, like, you can't drink the volume of human blood at once. Okay. So you definitely have to be carrying that somewhere. Um, and so it must have just been like, like how would someone get away with transporting the blood? Yeah, is the other big thing. And and where would you store it? Like the maybe yeah maybe I don't I don't know for sure though yeah. Um, the other thing biologically is that blood clots quite fast when it's not being oh. circulated. So, in order to exsanguinate, like, a whole human body, it has to be done fast. Yeah. And then that goes back to the fact that there are no puncture wounds. How do they yeah. get the blood out of her? Um, that's still weird to me. Yeah. And 
with the clotting, you know, people thought that maybe it was someone in the same building because you have to get the, the blood out of this person really fast and then move it somewhere. So the logical conclusion is that it was someone in the building because then, you know, no one would have to worry about seeing some guy on the street with like a bucket of blood. Yeah, that's true. But again, no idea. I, I don't think that the police, you know, interviewed any of the people in the building or like searched their houses or anything like that. Um, and that's where things get really interesting here is, you know, the fact that there are no puncture wounds and the fact that this is right on the heels of this other murder in Germany where yeah. the MO was draining the blood. Some people basically think that the body wasn't exsanguinated at all. It was like a murder, a brutal murder. But the exsanguination part was something that the media and the news propagated as a story. Um, so that, honestly, that's a possibility. That's true. Like, like this is the media Sorry, and the news go. were like making it into a vampire thing when they've added like the repuncture marks in her neck. You know. I guess. That is, yeah, that is a thought, is that why would they say that there aren't any? Yeah. But it's just, it's just really weird because, like, they, there were no puncture marks. How, yeah. how did the blood get out of her? Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you. It's, like, actually, I read the story and I was like, I, I don't understand. Like, there are so many pieces that just don't make any sense here. But yeah, so that is, it's, it's a thing that people have floated, you know, that it was a horrible, horrible murder, but it didn't have anything to do with vampirism. Mm -hmm. And the last theory is that the killer was a police officer. The murder weapon was a police baton. And then if he was a police officer, that kind of explains maybe the training involved in like cleaning up a crime scene. Yeah. Um, And, you know, making evidence disappear or something like that. That's true. Um, So... Those are the theories, but you know, from all of that, based on how long ago this was, based on the fact that no evidence was, you know, kept, there's almost no hope about finding, you know, the truth about what happened that night. Yeah. And that is really heartbreaking because she never got any justice. You know, yeah. it's the really, really brutal part about unsolved murders is that people don't know what happened, and, and there is nothing that you can do about it. Yeah, there's no closure. There's no closure. But um, her body was returned to the town where she was born, and she was buried in the cemetery in that city. So at least, you know, she went back home. Yeah. But again, it's, it's just really heartbreaking that there, there was nothing that anyone could do. There's no closure. Her friends who saw her and then, you know, that was the last time they saw her, that is just horrible. Yeah. But, you know, maybe hopefully one day some of these cases you know when we have more technology or something like that maybe something will happen and and maybe they'll be able to figure it out and that's I think the only thing that we can hope for at this point yeah yeah and I'm sorry that it was a rough story this week but no all good yeah it is what it is (laughs) yeah not all crime can be happy (laughs) not all crime can be casual art thefts yeah unfortunately sometimes sometimes you get crimes that you really think would just be in an episode of Criminal Minds yeah 
that is <laughs> that's what you get this week <laughs> um do you have any final thoughts about this story questions comments concerns um no i don't think so all right do you want to change the subject for us sure um i guess i'm a college graduate now <laughs> oh my god i'm so proud of you <laughs> thank you it's really weird um and i don't really want to unpack so all my (laughs) stuff is just sitting in the hallway that is really valid yeah so yeah that's that's really it for me i'm just kind of procrastinating everything (laughs) (laughs) you know that's a solid update i'm so happy that you've graduated that is so so very exciting thanks (laughs) um what about you I still have a thing due on mm. Thursday, so yeah. fingers crossed that that goes well, and then I'll be done on Thursday, you which will be this. very, very exciting, all hopefully. Presenting is really scary and difficult. Yeah. Um, and you know, the really funny thing is that every single time I present something, people are like, oh, you sound like, you know, like very like reserved. Mm-hmm. And I really think that it's because of the four years of like covering stories that aren't the most fun. Mm, or like I feel like this is just the way that I present things now yeah your brain is just like trained to yeah (laughs) I'm like this is this is a horrible thing that's happened let me tell (laughs) it to you in like a way that doesn't make me make it like sound exciting you know yeah we have to figure out how to manage that so I don't sound as reserved when I'm presenting like science things but um yeah unfortunately I don't have more of a fun life update like yours um but that's anyway. that's all that I have. <laughs> Soon I will. I will I will have a life update that's very exciting, hopefully next week. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um but yeah, that is all that I have for this week. Do you have anything else that you'd like to share? I do not. Alright. Do you wanna spiel us out? Yeah. So you can find us at on Instagram at Grim Podcast. You can follow us, DM us, like our photos, and in our profile, there's a button to email us. You can email us at thegrimpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us thoughts on stories we have covered, stories you want us to cover, or life updates of your own. We also have a Twitter, which is Podcast Grim, and a Facebook, which is Grim Podcast. And other than that, just leave us a good review and tell your friends and family about us. Yeah, and we'll see you guys next week for some paranormal, and I promise it will be more chill than this. Yeah. We're really trying to go back to, like, casual stories. <laughs> but yeah until then stay safe out there you guys yeah bye bye